Parents, help your kids out there. Follow along if you want to share. That's fine. The verse will be on the screen. Joshua 1, 9. And by the end of the service, you guys will have this verse memorized. I promise. I promise. All right? Gary, can we put that verse up on the screen? All right, let's do, let's do this, okay? Let's everybody stand up together, all right? And let's, uh, I know you just sat down, but uh, let's stand up and let's read this verse, okay? This is Joshua, this is God talking to Joshua, and this is what he says. So I'll read it, I'll read it first, and then we'll all read it together, okay? You ready? It says, be strong and brave, do not be afraid, do not lose hope. I am the Lord your God. I will be with you everywhere you go. All right, we good? You guys ready? All right, you, us all together. You ready? Okay, now let's do it one more time, but let's do it with, mm, okay? Yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, listen, be strong, be brave, right? Do not be afraid, okay? All right, so let's do it. Let's do it with some oomph, all right? You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Be strong and brave. Do not be afraid. Do not lose hope. I am the Lord your God. I will be with you everywhere you go. Yes, amen. You guys can be seated. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, I just want to say thank you. We had an awesome time this past Friday night here at the church. How many of you guys were here for our trunk or treat slash movie night? Show of hands, several of you were here. This is what I really enjoyed about Friday night, okay? This is the first time I think I've ever seen this many people here uh, for one of these events. And I, I've heard different numbers. I, I know that when I, we, we came and, and people started filing in, it was a sea of people and I, I would say, you guys help me out, somewhere between 200 and 300 people, would you guys agree to that, that were there, close to it? And what's cool about that, though, is this, is that there were actually, in my opinion, I think there were just as many people from the community that don't even attend church here as there were people that do attend church here. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's, that's great, man. And so I just want to give God uh, praise and glory for that. So let's just do that this morning. I tell you, it was awesome to see the kids and the adults participate in that and the costumes and the creativeness. Uh, that, that was just so cool, man, to see you guys. If you haven't had a chance to go to our Facebook page and check out pictures from that event, uh, go on. If you don't have a Facebook page, then, then look off of somebody else that does. But you've got to see those pictures because uh, it, it was amazing. And here, here's what I want to say. Listen, you know, that, that's what it's about, man. It's about, it's about our our. our our goal, our vision here at Chester Christian, I mean, we know, we say it all the time, right? It's just, we, we want to make much of Jesus. And, and you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it looks like that out there, right? We want to be a, a church that makes much of Jesus. Uh, we want to be Jesus to our community. Uh, we want you guys uh, to, to grow in your love and affection for Jesus. We want Jesus to, to make much of Jesus, not just here on Sunday mornings and not just here at church events, but to make much of Jesus in every aspect, every area of your life, right? So it doesn't matter if you're home, man. We want you to make much of Jesus in your neighborhood, 
We want you to make much of Jesus. In your workplace, we want you to make much of Jesus, right? We tend to compartmentalize our things, right, our faith. And so we, we kind of come and we might make much of Jesus here at church. We sing worship songs and how he's mighty to save. But then when we go back out, you know, it's like, okay, just, just mundane stuff, right? But, but we want you to understand, man, that making much of Jesus is, is everything, all aspects. And I want you to understand, man, what that does. That's, that's life-changing, that's transforming. He is, he is changing us. Jesus is the center of your life, right? And so, and so when we do that, uh, I mean, that, that's huge, right? And, and the way that we accomplish that, because when we do that, then we're showing the community what Jesus looks like, right? And then we're able to then reach people with the gospel, and once we reach people with the gospel, we, 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 we get them and we, we disciple them in the gospel and then we equip them to share the gospel. And now they're making much of Jesus in their life. You see how that works, right? And so, so I, I just thank you guys for this past Friday night, man. We, get, we have another opportunity this Friday night uh, at the food bank. Man, I just want to encourage all of you guys, come with your kids, serve at the food bank. It's a great way to, to just... Um, to, to get involved, to get plugged in, and make much of Jesus. And so you can show up anytime, really, from like 3 o'clock on. Just come, stay as long as you can. Uh, it usually ends about 7 or 7.30. And so I just want to encourage you guys uh, to come out and be a part of that. Um, we had, like I said, we had a great time. Uh, now, how, how many of you guys are going to actually go trick-or-treating tomorrow night? Raise your hands. Kids, adults, you shouldn't be going trick-or-treating. <laughs> you can go with your kids, right? Uh, so uh, several of you are going trick-or-treating. Uh, you guys might be a little too old. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You might be a little too old. Now, now, be honest with me, parents, okay? Be honest with me. Kids, kids, close your ears for a second, okay? Parents, be honest with me. Uh, when you take your kids trick-or-treating, how, how many of you actually eat half of your kids' candy? <laughs> I mean, I'll just be honest with you. Listen. Listen, Friday night, Friday night, after all was said and done, the kids were uh, uh, passed out from a sugar coma or whatever, uh, we actually went through their bags and picked out the good stuff, the Reese Cups, the Snickers, and, uh, you know, so, so listen, that, there's no shame in that, there's no shame in that, uh, so that, that's what we do. Now, listen, the, the kids this month have actually been studying about fear and courage, about fear and and courage. And so we're going to be looking at an Old Testament character today uh, by the name of Joshua, and we'll get there in just a minute. But how many of you guys, just by show of hands, would say that you're afraid of something? Right, come on. That would be just about everybody in this room, right? Anybody here afraid of spiders? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Anybody here afraid of the dark? Yeah. Yeah, we're afraid of the dark. Absolutely. Um, that, that, let me ask you this question, and, and, and I'm sorry, if I, if I go too far today, parents, I apologize, uh, but, but how many of you guys remember, and maybe your kids are in this stage of, of life right now, but I can remember being a, a kid and being scared, and so what I would do is, is for some, whatever reason, I always thought that whenever I turned my light off in my bedroom, I would take off sprinting, and I would jump like two feet from the bed, right, because I was always afraid that somebody was under my bed and was going to, like, anybody, anybody, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know why I always did that, but it was just I always had this fear that somebody was under my bed, and so I would flip off the switch and, you know, go, go, go diving under the bed. Um, yeah, man, I mean, have you ever had those moments in your life where you're just absolutely gripped with fear? Like, you know, where you just, you're frozen, right? You, you can't move, you're paralyzed. It's like, 
Yeah, I'm going to share three quick stories with you uh, from when I was a kid, okay, about when I was just absolutely gripped with fear. The first one, I was probably eight or nine years old, and it was on Halloween night. We were going trick-or-treating. Best, best, uh, like one of the, just, this, this house, they, they just did it up right, okay? And so I'll never forget, we were walking up the driveway, and the, uh, the, the man of the house, the, uh, the, the guy that lived there, uh, had, was actually up in the tree, but you didn't see him when you were walking up to the house, right? So I got my, 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 my bucket of candy, and I'm walking up with some, some friends and maybe my mom or brother who was with me. And then all of a sudden, as we get up towards the driveway, this guy comes swinging out with, from his legs, like upside down with this mask on. His, you know? I'll never forget, man. I was gripped with fear. I think I threw my candy up in the sky. It was, just, it was madness, right? I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I was scared. Um, again, another story. I was about the same age probably. Uh, eight or nine, and I remember me and my brother, we were home. My brother's like four, four and a half years older than me, and so he would have been like 12 or 13, and we were at home by ourselves, and uh, I remember, have you ever been so like just focused on something that you don't really notice anything around, else around you, you know what I'm talking about? So I was like playing, I was laying in our kitchen floor, and I was playing with like G.I. Joe's or Matchbox cards or something like that, I can't remember, and I was so focused on what I was doing that I didn't notice. My brother was in the living room. He had been watching TV, and so I didn't notice anything else around me. Well, apparently, while I was so focused on playing, my brother had gotten up from the living room, had walked down our hallway into my bedroom, but I didn't know it, right? And so I'm sitting there in the kitchen. I'm laying on the floor, and the way our house was when we grew up, you could look from the kitchen straight down the hallway, and my bedroom was straight down the hallway. I had this Tonka truck in my bedroom, and I'm sitting there in the kitchen floor, thinking my brother's in the living room, and all of a sudden, I hear that Tonka truck roll across my bedroom floor. We had hardwood floors. And that thing rolls across my door, right? And then I'm sitting I'm like, I'm getting chills right thinking about it, right? I mean, I'm gripped. I'm gripped with fear. I, I'll never forget. I was so, I was like, I just started screaming like, a, I mean, like baby. I mean, I was, and then I was just, I was gripped. And then all of a sudden, here comes my brother running out of my bedroom, and then when I saw him come out, I was like, oh, you know, but it was just, I was gripped with fear, right? It was just, it was a crazy, one of those crazy moments. Another one, real quick, at this time I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade, so my brother was a senior in high school, and it was senior skip day. Now, for you guys that don't know what senior skip day is, basically it's at the end of the school year, and they allow seniors who are graduating high school, at least when I went to school, they allowed you to skip a day, okay, towards the end of the school year. And so it was senior skip day, so the night before, my brother had gone camping, with some of his buddies, okay? So I was thinking, going camping, you know, you're going to be out late, uh, you're not going to get home in the morning, whatever. So I'm in eighth grade, I'm at home by myself, my mom has got to work, I'm getting ready for school, I just got out of the shower, and for whatever reason, I go to my bedroom, and I shut the door, why, I have no idea, because I'm there by myself. Anyway, it's just, I'm in eighth grade, that's what I did. And so I'm getting dressed, and I I remember calling my mom, because I had a question about an outfit, right? You're in eighth grade, you got to look good, right? I'm looking over at my middle school. Okay, you get, okay. so I got, I got to have the matching outfit, right? And so I'm on the phone, and while I'm on the phone, the guy answers the phone, and I'm on hold. He's going to get my mom, and all of a sudden, I hear our basement door open. I'm like, did our basement door just open? Right? And I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world? And then I hear the basement door shut. And I, at this moment, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm kind of starting to panic a little bit. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gripped with fear again. And, and, um, and then all of a sudden, I hear these footsteps coming up the stairs. 
And I am like, oh my goodness. I said, somebody is in my house. And, and so my door is shut. I'm, I'm waiting for my mom to get back to the phone. The guy comes back and says, hey, your mom is on the way. It'll be just a second to the phone. And I, a shaky voice, I'm like, somebody's in my house, you know. And this guy's like, and this guy's like, he, he's, he's like, somebody's in your house. What? I says, and then the top of the stairs, doors open. Right, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I, I'm in I'm eighth grade, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I said, I'm about to go see Jesus, right? <laughs> I, see, I was like, this is it, this is, this is, this is, this is it. And I, I even thought, okay, maybe I can jump out my window, but I mean, I was gripped with fear, right? Here comes these footsteps, this guy's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm like up against the wall, I got the phone, like, somebody's in my house. And then all of a sudden, man, fly, my door flies open, and my big goofy brother jumps in and says, hey man, right? And I just, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just throwing the phone at him, I'm like, you dog, I can't believe you did that, right? And so, <laughs> so listen, we, 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 we've all had those moments in our life where we, we've been gripped with fear, right? Those, those, those experiences where somebody's come up from behind you and tapped you on the shoulder, you know, and you've been like, oh, you know, you're scared. Uh, we, we've all had those, those momentary moments of fear. But, but listen, it's, it's another thing, it's, it's another thing to live in everyday fear. Right? It's one thing to be scared for a second, kind of like what I was sharing with you guys, but, but it's another thing then to live with everyday fear. Now, what, what I mean, kids, when I say everyday fear? Well, this is what I mean, right? So let me, let me have some kids up here. I, I, let me have some. All the kids. If I can just have all the kids that are in here. You guys, too. You guys, come on up here. Everybody come on up here. If they're young enough to trick or treat, that's right, Jim. That's right. That's right. Okay, come on up here. All right. All right, she want to she come up or is she good? Okay. You guys got to kind of get in the center here, okay? I need you to center out. I'm not going to use all of you. I just wanted everybody to see all of our kids up here. Everybody see our kids? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, so here, here's what I mean, guys, when I say everyday fear, okay? Uh, so, so we're going to start out with fear, okay? We're going to start out with fear. So, so you hold fear there for us, okay? Uh, h- how about worry, right? How about worry? Worry is a part of fear, okay? What, what are some things that we worry about? What are some things we worry about? School, right? We worry about whether or not other kids are going to like us and accept us, Right? We might, have, we might have some anxieties, right? That's a part of fear, right? Would you guys agree? Okay. So, so we have fears. We have, uh, we have anxieties about different things. Um, we, we worry about uh, when we're doing something wrong, which I, go, I know you guys never do this, right? But when you guys are disobeying your parents or doing something wrong, you might worry uh, or have a fear of getting caught, right? But I know these kids are great. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't ever do Here's another thing, right? We may not understand this, but fear actually controls us. You, you, know what I, you guys know what I mean by that when I say fear controls us? So here, here's what I mean, okay? So my wife, she has a fear of bridges, like not just normal bridges, but like high bridges. I've shared that with you guys before. And so it, it's, it's a legitimate fear. And so it, it controls her, and this is what I mean, because it affects her life. So when we go on a trip, if she's driving, she will actually map out the route, and if she's like, hey, we're going to be going over this bridge, 
one of two things is going to happen. She's either going to find an alternate route, or she's going to stop the car and get out, and I'm going to drive over that bridge, right? Uh, there's been times where she, she, we've come up on a bridge, and she's like panicked, right, gripped with fear. And she's like, I can't do this, and she's had to pull over, or I'm like, woman, you're going to drive over to the bridge. Uh, you're going to fix Don't tell her I said that, but... Um, <laughs> And so, so, or, or, you know, or if we're, if we're if, listen, if we're afraid of the dark or something, um, we, we may not go, or if you have upstairs, downstairs in your house, you may not go upstairs uh, and do something because you are, you just, that's, that's what I mean when I say fear controls us, right? Because we are altering, we are altering our life around it. Does that make sense? All right? Now, some other things that we might be afraid of, right? We might be afraid of sickness or illness, right? You guys agree with that? Right? We, we might be afraid of, uh, you know, getting sick or, or getting a doctor's report. I mean, these are legitimate, legitimate fears, right? We might fear loneliness, right? Some, some of you may, we just came out of that marriage series, right? Some people might be fearing that, man, I'm, I might be spending the rest of my life alone or I don't have any friends or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so we have, we have those, those fears. Another one, a huge one, right? I think a lot of people fear death, right? right we fear death because why? It's the unknown, right? We, we, don't, we don't know. We don't understand. I'll give that one to you, okay? Let everybody have a chance there. So, so these are things uh, that, that we fear um, when, when we talk about fear, right? Now, fear plays uh, a big part of our life uh, because we just see this, right? Fears, fears all over. But listen, it wasn't always this way. It wasn't always this way. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, when God created the earth, the world that we live in, right? God spoke everything to existence. He spoke the trees, the plants, the animals, everything that we see around us, God created. And from the very beginning, do you realize that fear was never mentioned, right? It was never mentioned in the creation account. It was never mentioned in the Bible uh, up to this point. Uh, it was just fear, fear was not a part of it. Right, so God created everything, everything that was good, everything that was perfect, and then he put Adam and Eve into this perfect, perfect environment, right? There was, there was, no, there was no fear, there was no worry, there was no anxiety, there was no death, there was no loneliness, there was no sickness. I mean, there was none of this stuff in, in, in the beginning. There was none of this stuff, right? I mean, listen, there, there was no, listen, Adam and Eve could have, could have walked beside the lion, which is the king of the jungle, and had the lion eat out of their hand and not fear for their life, right? I mean, that's just the way it was. I mean, it was, it was perfect. They had a great relationship with God, right? God, who was their creator, they had this, this perfect relationship with God, okay? Everything was perfect. They had all they needed. They had all they needed until uh, we get to Genesis 3, and then Satan arrives on the scene. Now, here's what you got to understand about Satan. Satan is described in the Bible as the, you guys know what it is? Well, and he is, but what else is he described as? The father of, father of sin. He is a father of sin. Help us out, help us out, adults. He's a father of lies, lies. So, so here's, here's, what, here's what Satan does, right? Satan Satan wants to, to, to whisper into your ear. He wants to whisper lies. He wants to say, he wants you to, to worry, okay? He, he says, you know what? Your, your friends at school, they're not going to like you. They're going to pick on you. 
You're, you're no good. You're nobody. This is what Satan does, right? Satan wants to, to make you feel that way so that you'll worry and have anxiety and allow other people to control you because you're afraid. That's what Satan does. And so Satan, so Satan comes along in Genesis chapter 3, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to throw a king. I'm going to throw a monkey wrench into this whole thing. And so he goes to Adam and Eve, and he says, you know what? I know you've got this, this perfect environment. I know everything is good. And, uh, but, but here's the thing. What you guys don't understand is God is actually holding back on you. That's what he did. He lied to him. He said God is holding back. God wasn't holding back anything. I mean, God was, he's a good, perfect God. And so Satan's like, God, God's holding back on you. He says, you know, Satan doesn't want you to eat from this tree because, because God knows that if you do, then you're going to be just like him. And so Satan fed this lot of them, and they looked at the tree, and I was like, you know, that tree does look kind of good. The fruit looks really good. And that's what, that's what sin does. Sin looks enticing. Sin looks good, right? We look at it, and we say, man, that, that looks good. It, it kind of promises things, right? It's like, man, if you do this, and then you're going to be this or that, you know? You know, advertisement, you ever, have you guys ever seen advertisements, man, where they promise something, and you're like, get all excited about it, and then when you actually get the product, you're like disappointed because you're like, that's not at all what I thought it would be. That's this situation, right? Adam and Eve were like, oh, yeah, this is good, this is good. And then as soon as they did that, as soon as they disobeyed, yeah, uh-oh. Guess, 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 as soon as they did that, guess what happened, guys? All these things came in. All of these things came in, right? They started to experience fear. Uh, they started to experience sickness and loneliness and worry and control. Death came into the world, okay? Because, listen, God created this world. He created it perfectly, right? He created us in his image, and we were, we were perfect. We had this relationship with God. God is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. And so when we sin, sin just means missing the mark, right? You guys know that? Right? So if you're looking at a target and you shoot a target, you want to hit the bullseye, and so sin means we miss the bullseye, and we miss it every single time. Okay, we, we sin. We fall short. And so what that means is, is our relationship with God was broken. Okay, I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 3, uh, this, is, this is what it says. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, it says that uh, this is Adam. This is uh, Adam talking. He said, when I heard the sound of you in the garden, talking about God, when I heard you walking in the garden, I was afraid. I was afraid. It's the first time fear is mentioned in the Bible. Because I was naked, so I hid. Right? And so this, this peace of mind that Adam and Eve had was now gone. Instead of, instead of having this relationship where they depended on God and they focused on God and they focused on His power and His strength, you know, then, then now it turned, because of sin, it turned inward and now their focus was, focus was on themselves. That's what sin does. Right? So now when, they, when, they're, when they're afraid, right, they, they, they focus on themselves. They don't focus on the God who is, who is bigger than our fears. I think that's a VeggieTales song, isn't it? God is bigger than the boogeyman. You guys know it? Yeah? You, you guys want to sing it? Sing it for us, Ellie. You're a singer. All right. You guys give these guys, you guys leave your papers on the floor. Give them a hand. Go ahead. You guys can exit the stage. Center, left, right, whatever you want to do. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
So, so here's the deal, man. So this is why, so, so when this all happens, this is why when we get to the book of Joshua, and I, if you guys still have that open in your Bibles, I want you to see this, okay? When we get to the book of Joshua, uh, we, we see uh, uh, w- w- what's going on here. And, and just for you guys that don't know, Joshua, how many of you guys, any kids in here know who Joshua is? What, what's Joshua known for? Anybody want to tell me? Jericho, very popular story which we're going to look at today. Joshua was also one of the 12 spies, right, that went in to spy out the land of Canaan, which was the land that God was giving his people, the Israelites, right? So they went and spied out this land. They were like, hey, man, this land is awesome. It's great. And they come back, and only Joshua and Caleb gave this positive. They were like, hey, right? everybody else focused on their fears, right? And Joshua and Caleb were like, hey, man, we can, take, we can do this, right? God is, God is with us. He's bigger than these guys, right? So, so Joshua and Caleb were the only ones, right? So, so Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, we see that he is kind, kind of taken over for Moses. If you guys don't know who Moses is, Moses is the ten plagues guy, right, that went and faced Pharaoh. And so, so, so Joshua's got some big shoes to fill, okay? And so, so, so God knew that it was going to be a tough task. He knew that it was going to be easy for Joshua and the Israelites. He knew that once they got into this situation that they might be gripped with fear. They might have some fears. They might have some worries, some anxieties, right? They may feel like, man, what, what's going on here? And so I want you to look at Joshua chapter 1. Let's read this. I want you guys to follow along with me, and I want you to, to pick up on something here, okay? Everybody good? Are you guys having fun yet? All right. Hang with me just for a few more minutes. And, and we'll be done here. All right, so let's, let's read this. I'll read it, and I want, you, I, want you to see, I want you to see if you pick out anything for me, okay? So we'll start in verse 1, and this is what it says. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, this river, and you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, the land of Canaan, Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you. That's a promise from God. Just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the, uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Now, the law is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Right? And so he says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He says, I want you to be immersed in it. I want you to be overwhelmed with it. I want you to know it. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Verse 9, we read it already. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What stands out to you in that nine verses? Anybody? Yeah. I mean, listen. 
Bible, Bible 101, okay, whenever you're reading a passage of Scripture and you see where God repeats something, listen, he says this three times in nine verses. You see that in Scripture, that means we need to pay attention, right? We need to, okay, we need to go, what, what is God saying here, right? God is saying, be strong and courageous. Be strong. He repeats it three times, three times. And so here is the bottom line for us today. This is what I want you to walk away with today. This is what God is saying to us this morning. Go ahead and throw that up on the screen, Gary. And uh, this is, you can do what you should because God is with you. You can have the courage to face your fears, to do what you, not because of anything in you, but because of what God has done and because he is with you. Okay, that's the promise for us today. Now, so the very first mission was going to be to take the city of Jericho. Now, you have to understand, Jericho was a well-fortified city. They had massive walls that were built around the city to protect them from their enemies. And these walls were so big that the houses were even built into the walls, right? These were massive, massive walls. Uh, Some people believe that the walls actually stood about 46 feet high from ground level. Now, I don't know how how high is this, Arthur? Do you know? About, yeah, so you imagine, uh, 40, imagine this ceiling, right, uh, close to that, and that's what the Israelites were facing, right, this wall, this massive wall uh, that was around them, right? Not to mention that, listen, Jericho would have been a well-trained army, way more advanced than the Israelites, okay? So you can imagine that the Israelites were probably a little afraid, Right? And understandably so, right? So, so this is God's battle plan. If you go to Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, this is what God says to do. Are you ready? This is going to be very, very surprising, okay? He says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with his king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. So they're to march around the city once a day for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Now the ark of the covenant represented God's presence, right? This is saying God God is with you. He He is around you. And when they make a long blast, I'm sorry, on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpet. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every one straight before him. Now listen, if you're an Israelite, think about this for a second. And, and you're like, okay, we, we, we're facing this massive wall, this massive city, well-trained soldiers, and then, and then Joshua comes back and says, guys, God gave me the plan. And you're sitting there, you're waiting with anticipation, right? You're sharpening your sword, right? You're, you're cleaning out your gun. You know, you're doing all these different things. You're thinking, yeah, we're ready for this. And he says, God wants us to march around the city. He wants us to play our instruments. And you're sitting there thinking, what? Has God lost his mind? Right? He wants us to march around this city with our instruments, You don't need guns, you don't need your cannons, you don't need your slingshots, you don't need whatever they had. He says, we're actually just going to entertain them to death. That's that's basically what what they're thinking, right? We're going to to just entertain them to death. Now, this is is the battle plan, right? And, um, And so they did that. 
And when they did that, the walls came down. And this is what I want you to know this morning, okay? God fought for them. God was with them. He fought for them. They, they overcame their enemies. They, 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 they inherited the land, not because of anything that they did, but because God fought for them. He was with them. You can do what you should do. You can have the courage because God is with you. God, listen to me, God is fighting for you just like he fought for the Israelites. Listen to this. This is the most important part part of of our talk today, of our message today. Do you realize that you have a battle? We have a battle. Every single one of us in this room, we have a battle we can't win. Right, we talked about it this morning. We, we had all these things up here, right? We, 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 we wrestle with fear. We have worry. There's sickness. There's loneliness. There's anxiety. There's control. There's death. All these things are a result of sin. And every single one of us in this room have sinned. We have disobeyed. We have fallen short of God's standard. And so listen to me. It's a battle that we cannot win. We cannot fix our sin problem. Listen to me, kids. You, can't, you cannot be good enough. You cannot come to church enough. It's not about you know, coming to church and going to Sunday school. And it's about do- Listen, you can't do it. You cannot win this battle. And God says, I will fight for you. I will be with you. See, when we get to the New Testament, we see this promise come to fruition, come, come into being. Because listen, what, what does Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says? Mary's about to have uh, Jesus, and the angel says, you are to name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, see, God, God didn't just look down from heaven and say, you know what, these guys have messed up royally. He said, I think I'll just start over from scratch. Now, God had a bigger plan. And God says, you know what? I'm actually going to go down and I'm going to inhabit with my people. I'm going to live with my people. I'm going to get messy. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world to die for us. Right? He sent Jesus. He, he, He is with us. And there is absolutely nothing we can do to fix our sin problem. And so that's why Jesus had to come. And so Jesus comes, and guess what Jesus does? Jesus listens, and he obeys, and he, he does not sin. He lives a perfect life that you and I could not live. And so because Jesus lived a perfect life that you and I could not live, can I walk over here? Is this going to like blow our, blow our ears out? I hope not. If it does, I apologize. So, so Jesus lived a perfect life. And because of that perfect life, Jesus went to a cross and he died for us. He was a sacrifice for our sins. He paid the penalty. He, he died all of our sins. Listen to me. All of our sins, your sins, my sins, all of the world's sins, past, present, future, were just dumped on Jesus. Listen, Jesus... Jesus took our fear. Jesus took 
the fear that controls us, the, thing that, the things that control us. He took our sickness. He took our loneliness. He took all these things. He took every single thing, all of our sins. They were on the cross. You know why he did that? Because somebody had to pay for our sins. See, that should have been us on that cross. We should have been the ones who stood before God and, and had judgment. Like, okay, this is what you've done. Now you've got to pay for that. But God loved you so much. He loves us so much that he sent his son, dwelled among us in the flesh, and he died on the cross, and he paid the penalty for our sins. He fought for us. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. And the only, way that we can, the only way that we can be saved is if we put our trust and faith in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And the Bible says that when we do that, man, all of our sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. And what that means, man, is, is, is that's the gospel good news. The gospel means good news. And what that means, man, is, is that, yeah, we may struggle with fear at times. We may, we may wrestle with control at times. We may, we may worry about things. We may have some anxieties, right? But, 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 but we, can be, we can take heart because, listen, God has dealt with those things on the cross, and, and he can help us work through those, right? Because, listen, it goes even a step further. Not only did Jesus come and dwell on the earth when was he with us, but Jesus even promised us that he was going to leave what for us? The Holy Spirit. So not only did Jesus come and dwell among us, but listen, we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us. Listen, you can do what you should because God is with you. He is fighting for you. I mean, there, there, are, there are some passages in, in the Bible um, that, that talk about this very thing. Um, sec, sec, if you guys want to write these down, I, I don't have them on the screen for you. But, but 1 Peter 5, 7 says, right, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Anybody know that verse? Anybody know it? Say it out loud if you do. Even if it's wrong, say it. <laughs> I'm going to... I don't know it by heart, so I'm going to look it up. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians 4, listen to this. 4, 6 through 7, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace that was lost in the garden, the peace that was lost in the garden is restored. Right? And so, so listen, we don't have to fear Anymore. We don't have to fear loneliness anymore. Why? Because Jesus is our best friend. He is always with you. We don't have to uh, fear uh, death, right? I mean, listen, Paul says, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Right? It's been swallowed up by Jesus Christ. We don't have to fear death anymore because we know that this life is not, all. we're going to live with Jesus for, and God for eternity. Man, that, that is good news. We don't have to worry about uh, being controlled anymore, worrying about what other people think of us, worrying about if, we're, if the people are going to love us and accept us because, listen, our love and acceptance is found through Jesus Christ and what he did. We know he loves us and accepts us. This is better than anything else you can imagine. Right? We're saying your love awakens me. It awakens me. 
Man, this, this is gospel good news. So here, here's what I want to encourage you with this morning, and then we're going to wrap this up. Next time that you're faced with a fear, next time you're faced with an obstacle, right, this big giant wall that just seems like it's, it's impossible to, to overcome, instead of focusing on the obstacle, instead of focusing on our fear and allowing it to rob us of our joy, I want us to focus on Jesus, right? Focus on Jesus and what he has done for you and allow him to, to work in your life, right? Greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. And the he that lives in the world is talking about Satan, right? So greater is the spirit of God that lives in you. So when Satan, listen to me, kids, when Satan comes along and he starts whispering things in your ear like, you know what, you're no good, you're not going to make it, they don't like you, you know, you, whatever, they, whatever he whispers, whatever it is you struggle with, you can say, you know what, greater is he that is in me, God is with me, he is fighting for me. Do you believe that? All right. Well, this is what we're going to do next, okay, the band's going to come out. And now we are going to celebrate communion together. And communion is something that we do every single week here. And we are, and what communion is, man, is, is, is this right here. Communion is a celebration. It's a remembrance of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, right? Jesus laid down his life for us. And through Jesus, we have life. And so communion is about remembering that, celebrating that. Because listen, we have victory, right? He is with us. Amen?